Mini Baby Bell Light. Perfect for when you want to satisfy your cravings without compromising on taste. High in protein and 47% less fat than Mini Baby Bell Original, Mini Baby Bell Light is the ultimate snack to add to your new routine in 2023. Start your new year the right way with Mini Baby Bell Light. I think that we all have a lot of internalized fat phobia in general, whether we realize it or not. It's a very subconscious thing that has been ingrained in us societally and systemically. We are just trained to hate fatness in all ways. But specifically in the modeling world, we still see it all the time, even though brands are pretending to be inclusive and bringing everyone to the table. And I'll kind of, you know, bring Victoria's Secret as an example. Victoria's Secret is iconic because of the Victoria's Secret angels, right? When you think Victoria's Secret, you think early 2000s angels, like iconic times. And instead of just bringing plus women, LGBTQ, trans women, icons in to be Victoria's Secret angels, they said, we're going to make a new table. We're going to make it completely different. And we can have the fat bitches at that table. We're going to totally rework it because we cannot give them icon status the way that we, you know, gave these other girls icon status. I'm feeling really touchy. I like you. I like. You feel I have to rubber all the time. I don't know why. I've actually been having like an anti-touch thing going oh. on. I don't know. Like I'm not Sorry. cuddly. I'm not very cuddly recently. It's just a little. I don't know. Did you just Sid? I love you so much because I've never seen anything like that. She just <laughs> took her microphone, put it up to her asshole, and tooted. <laughs> Did you hear it? Welcome, you guys. This oh is my what God, I didn't. Hi. But I feel like Shoot. I feel like I could. I feel like I could beat it. Should I try? <laughs> Just kidding. Ben, you should rate that one. Oh, to be honest, zero. Um, don't could have had a little bit more like oomph to it. You like, know, that's what Jordan Just didn't said. have pizzazz. Didn't have character. Jordan said that. I'm too. expecting something better next time. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can perform better for us. Said they're weak. I'm like, okay, <laughs> rude. Mm. Um, before we start anything, happy belated birthday to my sister Taylor. Ugh. Oh, what? Oh my god! I just choked on my okay? tea. On my tea. Oh, happy belated birthday. Um, October Love 29th her. was her birthday. I just want to shout her out because she's the bomb, and she was. She's an OG fan. She's always listened. She's listened to every single episode of ours. We just love her. We love little Tay, and she was on an episode, I believe. Yeah, twenty. I can look- I can look it up. 20. Mm. Maybe just keep chatting and I'll find Anyway, it. welcome back. Guess what, you guys? We've missed our second B-Day on our last episode because we were busy working. So it's Trey Kennedy's second birthday. So ooh, happy birthday. Never mind. I can't find oh. it because it stops at episode 40. Why? I have no idea. It should um, let you go all the way up. I think it's episode 36. <clears throat> Cute. Love. Woo, Taylor, we love you. Okay, anyway. Woo. My garlic breath mixed with your garlic breath is in chance. (laughs) We did just pound some food right before this. Yeah, thank you, by the way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's definitely some garlic um, scents in the air. And I'm wearing heels. Like, I I could stab your man's eyeball out with this stiletto. That's creepy. It is actually really creepy. Strong AF. Okay. Uh, Oh, my God. Wow. Should we even, like, is this this part of the episode? Like, are we still recording? (laughs) Should we? Or should we be? I guess. Hi. Okay, hi. Okay. Straight well, Cannon we'll Moments. We'll be serious now. Straight yeah. Cannon Moments coming for you. Do you want me to go or do you want to go? Um, Whatever. You go. Okay, so <laughs> fine. I'll go. Um, I wasn't Stop. ready. All right. Um, No, I. <clears throat> this one's very related to our topic today. Love. And I have a shopping problem. I've been really, really good. I will yeah. admit I've bought one t-shirt since I said I was going to stop buying things. But that shirt is Skims, and I love Skims, so I don't really care, okay? It's a basic. Anywho, I went through my closet finally, and I literally sat in my closet for four hours. took me four hours. I only got rid of about 20 pieces of clothing. Still pretty good. Like, two pairs, three pairs of shoes. Like, I'm doing a really I feel like when you buy job. clothes, though, like, you buy good clothes. Like Thank you. I try. Sk- like, a basic Skims is, like, something you will use and have for a while. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, on the other hand, will be like, ooh, Forever 21, let's get this, like, little nude tank top that looks like Skims, and then it breaks a hole, it, like, has a hole in it, and then I have an overflowing closet of shitty clothes. And okay, I feel like fair. you know... So, like, not getting rid of a ton of stuff is is okay. It's okay, right? Yeah. But I'm trying to cut back on how much I'm buying. But what was interesting is, is I was like, okay, I'm getting rid of things that I don't like anymore or, like, that are cheap-ish. And I'm like, okay, out of style, right? 
Then I realized I had a lot of clothes that I really like that are kind of durable that I haven't tried on in a long time. So shirts, tank tops, you know, like tieable shirts, jeans. Jeans never do it. This was the first time I've gone through my closet and been like, oh my God, I am much larger than I was a few years ago. And you know what? I kind of sat there and I was like, oh, should I be bummed about this? And I'm like, no, I'm literally the healthiest version of me I've ever been. I'm more weight than I ever have been. And I'm so happy and proud of myself right now, sitting right here with the size I am, with everything. Who cares, right? And I don't even really think about it. So the fact that my jeans don't fit actually really doesn't matter besides that I'm like, damn it, I spent money on those. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't know. I, I think you can change your mindset on that and like be a little more aware of it. So I thought that was very like current with what we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. we're going to talk a lot about um, body issues and body neutrality and body positivity and all that today. All that. So it's going to be real good. Yeah. And you can always sell those jeans. Yeah, I'll sell You know, them. you can sell them if they're good quality and I think that is key to not keep those jeans. In fact, yeah. like get rid of them because there's not like it's such a horrible feeling when you're putting on things and they just feel too tight. Like well, I honestly love buying clothes that are big for me on purpose mm-hmm, because pants. I hate to feel I hate feeling constricted like in general anyway. So proud of you Thank and you. proud of you for finding that like new mentality with it because well, girl you're strong as fuck right now too. You've never been help- like I can just tell too because remember you had used to have so many like IBS gut issues things and I think also you you know putting on a little bit of weight and muscle um, has helped your internal body your anxiety even everything everything my mental clarity Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you one thing I'm never gonna go backwards to where I was on purpose like obviously if you get sick you might lose weight it happens right but I'm never gonna go backwards so what is the point of me holding on to a pair of pants that is not fitting me right now makes me look like I have a fupa when I don't Mm -hmm. and it's just too tight like I'm not gonna go backwards because the healthiest version of me is right now and the skinnier version of me was not the healthiest version of me yeah so there Love that. Thank you. Hashtag straight handed. Hashtag moment. Live it up. Hashtag, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you have um, for me? Well, I just feel like I had more thoughts oh. on that, but I feel like we'll go so we'll go into this so much when we have our guests hop on this episode. But um, yeah, also like learning like what to say, like and what not to say around other girls. And you we'll learn a ton from this episode. I'm so excited. Me what? too. It's gonna be so good. <clears throat> I'm oh sorry. my god. You guys, I ate my food in like you little airy girl. Five minutes. Um, okay. My straight can a moment, few little updates, I guess I'll start with the birth control because I still get DMS. Like, how's it going? Um, I posted one, uh, Instagram story of me post crying in the car oh. for absolutely no reason. I honestly was just like me and Pat were on our way to the gym and I'm just sitting there and I'm just kind of feeling like teary eyed. No idea why. I wonder. No idea why. And all of a sudden I was just like, do you mind if I cry really quick? You ask him permission. <laughs> He's like, go for it. And I just bawl for like a couple minutes and my t- tears are streaming. And I'm like, okay, I feel better. And then we went and work out. Like, it was so weird. And then I got a few responses oh, of people being like, oh, the, that post birth control emotions. So it's weird because I've noticed I've been feeling more feelings, but it's also good feelings. So Your like, body's I'm, re-regulating, I'm feeling happier instead of just like happy. I'm feeling fucking frustrated when I'm frustrated so it's weird so far because like little things like you know when you drop something or something's inside out when you're putting it on in the morning your clothes and you're just like fuck and it's just yeah. like I get like agitated really really I've fast. never heard of that but I mean it makes sense right because it's different mm-hmm. hormones and so you're up and you're down and probably I, more extreme so shit's going on and I'm like trying to like stay calm because I, I am getting very frustrated very fast yeah. um which is very I mean somewhat new to me when I have really bad <laughs> mental health that that also happens yeah, but yeah um that's kind of that update I'll give more in depth later like this isn't the time for that we got to get our guests on here too but I just thought this was so funny to share it's not really my straight candid moment but it is my <laughs> it's my um friends who I used to room was my roommate in college so we have this little snapchat group and she's like you guys, should I switch out my license plate? Switch out your and license we're plate. we're like, what do you mean? So she just moved to Florida with her boyfriend. And oh. she was a very innocent girl. Like, I would be like, do you masturbate? Or like, do you need a vibrator? You know, and she'd be like, get like blushed, you know, blushed. Cute though. Yeah. Well, very, I was like that. I yeah, feel like until yeah. like a year ago. Mm-hmm. <gasps> until you met me. I know. <laughs> she brought the bad girl out of me. Um, I love that. And then the license plate says she got this license plate just by default, you know how you get assigned a license plate when you yeah. move? It says 69D 
H-M-U. 69. Oh my God, that's not true. I, I have a picture of it. I'll post it on the story and tag her because we were dying laughing. Because like out of everyone, she would get that. And she's like, I literally have to pay $150 to get this replaced because I don't want to be harassed on the highway. Wait, do you think that somebody in the DMV was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get this girl. Well, I got, I'm going to get this person. Like I'm going to give him a I weird mean, one. What I mean, I don't think so. Like it was random. That seems 60, like 69 DHMU. 69 dig hit me up. What the heck? I was just I'm just dying laughing. That has to it's almost like it's a customized plate though. Because right? it's very it's that's almost too close to being like not a coincidence. If you could customize your license plate, what would you guys do? Oh god, you're if you have on one, spot. if you have one, let's hear it. Because I don't have one yet either. I mean, I, I already have a custom license plate. Mine's just shut up. Wait, you do on the yeah. you do on have the you van. Not seen it? What's it say? It's just Sarby. Uh, when I, because uh, I my my car's registered in Arizona because that's where I was when I registered it, and I went in and they're like, "You want a custom license plate?" I was like, "Nah." And they're like, "It's only twenty five bucks extra," <laughs> and I was like, twenty five dollars extra Absolutely. to put whatever I Wait, want." Wait, really? Yeah. In Fuck, Ar- I want to do that. Arizona does not their their DMV is the weirdest thing. My license expires in twenty sixty two. Don't know why. Um, just- they literally don't ever retake your um, what is it called? Not your license plate, your driver's license photo ever. Mm-hmm. You yeah. literally, you'll have your permit photo forever. It's like, what if I change my hair, dye my, you know, ch- you know, dye my, I was about to say dye my eyebrows or my eyes, but that's not how it goes. But you know what I mean? I'm like, you're not going to look the same. Up until last year when I lost my license, um, I had a picture of me when I was 16. Oh my God. Yeah. Little mini Ben. Let's see. Jordan has, we're all going to make it like the acronym. So W-A- L, wait, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. I whatever. Get it, it doesn't matter. God, that's hard for me. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I'm, me, I'm tra- like, oh, I was going to be out. like, oh, I would just do like candid self. And like, that's forget- what I did too. Forgetting that there's actually a certain amount of characters. Isn't it seven? I think it's seven. This one says, yeah. why you crying? <laughs> I'm like, I love that. I've seen some good ones, but it's, it, I love when you notice and you're like, ooh, yeah. I like when people have their angel numbers on there. That's kind of cute, I think. Oh, cute. But, okay, we got to get um, yeah. Dana on here. Let's get grooving. Girls and boys. Dana. Ace. Oh, I was going to read it. Could I read it? Are you, oh, you want to read it? It's okay. How about you read the first half? And okay. The second half. That sounds great. Okay. I love fairness. Based between Los Angeles and Oklahoma, Dana Patterson is a content creator and OG in the body neutrality space and eating disorder recovery space. With a background as a model for over a decade, being signed with the best agencies in the world and working for brands we all know and love. Dana not only shares all the beauty tips and science she's learned behind the scenes, but also encourages her audience to be unapologetically themselves. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Love. Without the fear of the dreaded cringe. Dana has spent the past two years helping take care of her family, bought a home, and just launched her own signature tea blend with Art of Tea, a must try. Dana is truly that big sister you've always wanted. So let's get this big sister on. Bring it in, sister. Dana. Hi, Dana. Hi, Dana. Hi guys, You're here. how are we? You know what I didn't say, by the way, when we introduced you when you weren't here in secret? Um, I didn't say that you're also a friend of Teffy's. Shout out Teffy, yes. we freaking love you. You connected Shout us with so Teffy. many people. She's Ride or babe. die friend. Teffy is like a barrier body of friend, you know? Like we all we all have those, Teffy's one of mine. And I'm one of hers. Taurus cancer, besties for life. Oh, so, of course, listen. no wonder. Are you a Taurus? I'm a cancer Tour girl. Sun, Sagittarius. I knew it. Knew it. I'm yeah. Sorry, Sid. Listen. You're left out. <laughs> I'm an Aries, so I'm very intense. <laughs> no. I love oh. Aries. I love my fire sign girlies. I have a Sagittarius moon. Okay, so listen. Listen. I'm into it. Um, welcome. We are so freaking excited to have you. Um, we gave you an I'm intro. I'm so grateful to be here. We gave you a little intro because we were like, we can't help ourselves. But do you want to just like introduce yourself as your like little moment? Your little something or other? Absolutely. My name is Dana Patterson. I am a plus size model of over a decade. Not to give away my age or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am a content creator who talks about beauty content, beauty science, fashion. I'm nicheless. Okay. I do all the things. I'm just your bestie. Um, I also talk a lot about eating disorder recovery, body neutrality, body issues. Love to talk about it. I'm just the big sis that you need. So that's me. You're so freaking cute. I literally can't. I'm like, also, I love that you don't have a niche too, because everyone's so obsessed with getting a niche now. Like nowadays, like you can't, no, don't be you. Like have a niche, only a niche. You can't escape it. 
you can't escape the niche content and I need people to shut up. So mm -hmm. thank you so much. Every day on TikTok, I see somebody who's like, you need to niche down, niche down. No, like I have ADHD. You really think I can niche down, ma'am? Uh, same. And I was just going to say, I used to think that too. And now I've completely let go of that idea. And my brand and our brand, I guess, even this podcast is like, we talk about eating disorder recovery. We talk about dating. Yeah. We talk about blowjobs. We talk about whatever yes. feels authentic and candid and will give our ADHD just a little bit of like a little bit of little chill, a little happiness. A little yes. hit. Just yes. that little so boost. girl, I love that you fit right in here. Um, but could you give us like a little more background about, um, I guess like where you got to where you are now? Um, cause I know it didn't always start this way with how you're mm -hmm. feeling about your life in general. And like, yeah, just give us like a little bit of a journey. Definitely. So long story short, when I was 18, I got scouted by Ford models. Shout out to Lucy, who's still my really good friend who scouted me. She was a model at Ford at the time. I literally thought it was a prank because at the, this was over a decade ago. So I'm about to turn 30 this year. This was when I, I think I was about to turn 18. And plus size modeling was not really something that was mainstream yet. Um, you guys probably don't know who this is, but Crystal Wren at the time was like having her moment in haute couture and, and high fashion um, as a plus size woman. And we need to give her her flowers because she is an icon and really it was a trailblazer for a lot of us. Um, but at the time she was like really hot and I guess Ford thought it was like, you know, kind of her vibe, but I truly could not believe that I was being scouted to model, you know, as someone who grew up being constantly like terrorized and bullied for the way that I looked, my weight, etc. you know, my eyebrows, kids would nickname me unibrow. Um, I was nicknamed Hagrid because I had really big hair and I was fat as a kid and people were just brutal to me. So growing up a model, I was like, there is just no way. And I, I just could not believe it. But then they ended up flying me out and I ended up moving to New York for a little bit. And that was the beginning of my career, although traumatizing. Um, it was the beginning of my career. And it was just a really character building time, honestly, especially because again, like plus size modeling was not really a mainstream thing then. So most of the people that I was friends with or were friends with were straight size models who, you know, again, like thin is in was very, very real at that time and, and still is in the industry if we're being honest. Um, and so for me, it was still really difficult as someone who's had disordered eating habits my entire life and body image issues my entire life. How can you not growing up in the early 2000s? I mean, come on, look at a magazine cover at any grocery store. I'm like, internalize that real quick. No worries. I was just here to pick up an apple, but now I have eating disorder. <laughs> so anyway, no Literally. Um, and that was basically the start of my career. And Ford at the time actually dropped their entire like commercial lifestyle board. And I moved back home for a little bit and met a manager who basically told me that I could be a supermodel if I lost 40 to 60 pounds. What? And and at that time, I didn't have weight to lose, really. So, but me being a hyper ambitious workaholic, like that, you know, work drive is crazy. I basically was like, okay, I can do that. Like whatever I need to do to make my career better and be more successful, I will do. Um, so that was when I was really in the trenches of my body issues and my eating disorder and my body checking. Um, it was a point in my life where I couldn't even go out to dinner with friends and enjoy a meal because I was struggling with my eating so bad. I was pretending to be a raw vegan, which I, I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember like that time <laughs> of YouTube and the internet. Um, but I was deeply struggling. And after that, I ended up moving to LA where I signed with Wilhelmina and they asked me to gain 60 pounds and that I needed to be much bigger in order to be at the time, the kind of mainstream plus size model size, like a size 16. It's very different now, but you had to fit a size 16, have big boobs, have those kind of curve ratios to be the perfect plus size model. So then I started gaining weight and working on gaining weight and it was not in a healthy way, babes. It was not, a, of course it wasn't. It was not right. a healthy way. Um, <laughs> no, we, narrator, it was not. Um, it was a incredibly dark and hard time for me. And, you know, the modeling industry is cruel and I feel like people don't talk enough about it. Um, it's still seen as so incredibly glamorized and the ideal job for a lot of people. You know, I feel like everyone kind of wants to be a model, whether it's, you know, outwardly or secretly. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the beginning of my career. 
and how I kind of got started. So, yeah. Man, that what a journey to go from also being told, lose 60 pounds. Oh, gain 60, 60 pounds. pounds. Now, oh, no, you know what? You're not quite there. Oh, no, we need you bigger now. Like, it's it's just right when you think we're getting this balance, it's actually, like, forceful uh, one way or the other, I feel like. I don't yeah. know. That's what my, my thing is telling me. Agreed. Um, you, pre-episode, we briefly talked about fat phobia in modeling, even though you found somebody who was like, yes, get bigger, like all the things, like gain the weight now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, I think that we all have a lot of internalized fat phobia in general, whether we realize it or not. It's a very subconscious thing that has been ingrained in us societally and systemically. Um, we are just trained to hate fatness in all ways. Um, but specifically in the modeling world, we still see it all the time, even though brands are, you know, pretending to be inclusive and, you know, bringing everyone to the table and all kind of, you know, bring Victoria's Secret as an example. Victoria's Secret is iconic because of the Victoria's Secret angels, right? When you think Victoria's Secret, you think early 2000s angels, like iconic times. Um, and instead of just bringing plus women, LGBTQ, trans women, icons in to be Victoria's Secret angels, they said, we're going to make a new table. We're going to make it completely different. And we can have the fat bitches at that table. Like we're just, we're going to totally rework it because we cannot give them icon status the way that we, you know, gave these other girls icon status. And that's basically what you see throughout the entire industry is that instead of being genuinely inclusive and wanting to include fat people in the narrative and kind of in the spotlight, they want to make a different table and kind of sit you in the corner, you know, like, mm, it's okay. That's what I was going to ask is like, do you think that these brands are genuinely introducing this more inclusivity or is it coming from a different spot so you kind of answered that and what I think yeah. is also interesting is like when you do see these plus size models on these websites they're always the curvy women with still flat stomachs and it's oh, just always. like the the curve and like the there's not inclusivity in terms of like body shapes I feel like is still missing like Absolutely. what about all the mid-size women like the girls that aren't the super you know, the super skinny Victoria's Secret and the girls that aren't the plus size. It's like the mid-size I also feel like is just completely missing. So what's crazy is that in the kind of like plus size modeling realm, we've really gotten rid of most plus size women. And what you're seeing on most of these sites are actually mid-size women. Generally, they're like from a size 10 to 14 or even 8 to 14. And the way that they're being photographed, you would think, oh, like that's a plus size woman. But in real life, they're a size 8 to 14. And so we've completely eliminated the representation of real plus size and fat women. And, you know, again, I come from a plus size woman. My mom is stunningly gorgeous. Should have been a model. That's a discussion for another time. And when I'm helping, yes, iconic. Um, when I'm shopping for her, it's incredibly hard because there's no, as you said, body type representation. And so I always tell people, you know, when you're on set, that piece of clothing is being sewn onto you. Clients book me for an additional one to two days for fittings where we are literally sewn into the garments. So when you're looking at someone or clipped or whatever, like some brands will clip you and not, you know, pay to have you come on for an additional day. But for bigger clients, we are almost always sewn into our garments. And that's why they fit perfectly. And you get home and you're like, well, why does this look like a trash bag on me? Because it's literally being sewn to your exact body type and not to the actual size or shape, right? Wow, that yes. is really informative. Also, just the fact that we're photographing women in size eight and saying they're plus size makes me feel extremely uncomfortable awful it's also i don't even i don't even like the term plus size i don't know maybe that's something that like is crossing a line too but it's like it's just like it's they're all sizes period yeah do you, oh, you have to add so like what like is I don't know. plus size problematic i would like to hear your take on that oh my god let's let's get into this i am ready so i don't think the term plus size is problematic at all and i will tell you why and I find, and I loved talking to you guys before we got on this because I was like, oh, we're going to be able to have like a conversation about this because a lot of thin women have so much internalized fat phobia. When you hear someone being called fat or someone being called plus size, you immediately have like a visceral ick reaction. You're like, oh my God, I hate that. I would never want to call you fat. I would never want to call you plus size. And so the question that you need to ask yourself is why do you think those terms are negative? Because they're not. And that's like really the big like, uh oh, <laughs> like, I know, right? They're not, they're not negative. 
that's a that's kind of beautiful though then because then you don't have to feel that certain way and then you wonder in yourself you're like what am I holding on to I feel like for me I I, I thought that because also like you're looking at okay plus size and all these things and they're like oh but plus size is technically promoted and then it's unhealthy right like the habits are unhealthy and I'm like well actually it's just that's human beings in general mm-hmm. like and just health is not a scale or a size or all these things it's actually when you go into the doctor and measurable things that they tell you internally <laughs> when a professional when a professional medical me. professional um <laughs> tells you what it is right so that was my kind of like connection I'm like I don't know if you have thoughts on that too I think that's key that you said a medical professional not some crazy ass dude on the internet saying you're unhealthy like apps uh, not Chad Brad or Thad sitting in his mom's basement unfortunately to his dismay you know but absolutely and I think that's like the number one thing that I always tell people is that fat is not a negative word we are working on reclaiming that word. So many fat activists have reclaimed that word. Like it is not a negative phrase. And of course, as we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, in the early 2000s, like fat was the biggest insult, you know, like calling someone fat was like the worst thing that you could call them. And now we're like, um, oh, she got a fat ass. Literally. And now that's cool yeah, to yeah, say. And now since um, body image tra- trends have changed so much, you know, we've seen the BBL era come and go. You know, we've seen, like, you know, everybody wants a fat ass now. It's like everybody's in the gym trying to get their ass, you know, that shelf ass. And listen, I get it. You know, as a girl with a fat ass, I totally get it. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the icon herself here. But I think reclaiming and understanding that fat is not negative. And another thing that I talk about in regards to kind of body positivity and that whole trend, et cetera, is that when a fat woman or a group of fat women is empowered, it empowers everyone. Because when a fat woman like loves herself and accepts herself unconditionally, that is empowering to all people of all sizes, thin, fat, and otherwise. Like it is a genuine inspiration. Um, But yes, fat is not a negative word. I think where people get concerned and people maybe have a little bit of an icky reaction is the fact that it's so separated. And you're like, well, why do plus size people need to be separated from, you know, thin people? And we shouldn't be. And thankfully, there are a lot of brands out there who are no longer separating us. And, you know, there are plus size and straight size categories. They just carry all the garments in all sizes. Skims, for example, you know, no matter how you feel about the Kardashians, we have to give Kim her flowers on that. Genuinely. You just missed so me. Weird. I literally just was talking about how I went through my closet. And I don't fit into a bunch of things. And I bought like one other shirt and I go, but it was skim. So I don't care because it's literally the best clothing ever. Like actually yeah. you feel amazing in it. And oh, is that a skims piece? You're wearing one right now. Yeah. I was wearing one the this morning. Smoothing, babe. Oh yes. yes, honey. Oh yes. I got the black one coming right now in the mail. Um, so no, good. That's the piece though that bugged me is like, I can't comprehend why it's separate. Like that's, that's why, why are we adding the plus to it? That was my piece of like how yeah. my brain works. I'm like, it doesn't need to be so dramatic and like separated. And so it's a beautiful thing that people are going that direction. But I think this is a perfect segue into the conversation about body positivity, right? Yeah. And this whole movement, please, because I'm not even going to ask you a question because you know where the heck to start. So go ahead and dive <laughs> right in. Yes. So I talk about this a lot on TikTok. And of course, I always get a lot of heat and a lot of controversy, but body positivity is not being positive about your body. And there's a lot of debate about it, but body positivity was a movement originally created to uplift marginalized people, disabled people, trans people, black women. You know, it was all about uplifting marginalized people and marginalized bodies. And God, I'm trying to think of when exactly this started happening, but it was probably like in 2015, 2016, body positivity started to become co-opted by a lot of thin white women to talk about their eating disorders and their body image issues, which are totally valid, by the way, and totally okay to talk about. But they are co-opting a lot of body positivity verbiage and spaces and forcing themselves into those spaces and essentially pushing the people who it was created for out of the space. So it's no longer doing the you know great deed that it was doing before by uplifting marginalized people. So people get very confused about it and want to debate about it. But I'm like, listen, I'm older than you think I am, babe. I have been here. <laughs> I have been knowing the things. Okay, I have been knowing things. Um, and again, as we talked about previously, When fat people are empowered, specifically fat women, everyone takes inspiration from that. It is empowering to everyone, not just fat people. So it's incredibly important to let people, marginalized people have their spaces and uplift their voices, especially when you're in a place of privilege. And I talked about this probably 
a year ago about how I had taken a step back from the body positivity space since I am in a more um, privileged body. You know, even though I'd be considered small fat, plus size, midsize, whatever the fuck the term would be, um, you know, I still have a flat stomach. I still have what would be considered to be a quote unquote like societal or systemic like uh, desirable body. And so I took a back, I took a step back from using any verbiage associated with the body positivity movement and used my space to uplift marginalized people because that's what it was originally created for. Oh, that's beautiful. That's so interesting. And a really good thing to kind of like, I don't know, note if you're listening, because even just on our call originally when we did a little zoom call to meet each other I was like I'm working on body positivity like la 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 Mm -hmm. and I like that (laughs) you can like call this out though because it is it is so important so what would you recommend someone like maybe who is in you know going through their clothes aren't fitting or they're feeling a little bit down about their body like what do we how can we take body positivity and turn it into something that's useful for us to use so for me I am a full proponent of radical body acceptance, radical self-acceptance, but also body neutrality. Because even so with kind of where body positivity is now, you think about the girls with the affirmations written on their mirror or the, you know, photos of them with their stomach bent over, like forcing rolls on their side that they maybe don't usually have. And, you know, like forcing their cellulite to be seen. And, you know, they're like, your cellulite. Have a little cellulite right here. Yeah, and you're like, Okay, girl. Yeah, and everybody does, but you have to squeeze for it, actually. So Yes, and that was the other thing, too, is it's like fat women are fat all the time. There's no, like, tucking it in. There's no hiding it. It's like they are systemically marginalized and oppressed in society, right? Um, That's a whole other discussion. But, you know, for thin women who are co-opting the body positivity movement, it's like they would force their roles, force their cellulite to be seen, et cetera, and then be able to tuck it away and go into society without issue. You know, they're not treated like a fat person or someone who is a marginalized entity because they can tuck it away, you know? But anyway, for me, body neutrality is the wave because I felt practicing, you know, the new wave body positivity. I was really struggling. And then I've been in eating disorder recovery since, oh man, since I was 19. So it's been almost over a decade, I guess. Um, And the other thing that I feel like needs to be noted is that you're never really fully recovered. I think you can definitely get to like your best place, but you're always kind of on this journey of falling back in love with yourself and working through any kind of body image issues and trauma that you have. It's always kind of going to be there. And I think for body positivity, it puts so much pressure on me to have a positive day every day with my body. And if I didn't, I was failing. So if I looked in the mirror and didn't like what I saw, or I was just having a really hard day, I would beat myself up for it because I wasn't, you know, leading up to this expectation of, oh, I have to like love myself and feel great in my body every day. And if I'm not doing that, I'm failing. So body neutrality really captures this amazing thing where your body is just your body. And that's it. Like it is just a vessel in which you are here, in which you operate through life. You do not have to love it every day. You do not have to look at it and pick it apart every day. The other issue that I have with kind of the new wave body positivity is people telling you, you need to love your cellulite or you need to like love your hip dips. For me, I was like, what the fuck is a hip dip? I'm like, are we creating new things to be insecure about? I was like, why are we all of a sudden kind of, because it was like a kind of backhanded way to like compliment yourself almost. Or like, love your cellulite, love your roles. Why do we even have to address it like they're flaws? Cause they're not. So when you practice body neutrality, it's like this neutral state of everything. You're able to just look at yourself for who you are, radically accept yourself and not feel the need to constantly, you know, love every bit of yourself and force yourself into positivity. And once you take that pressure off, it is just a huge relief, honestly. And you're able to accept your body in the way that it changes. This year, I gained a lot of weight. I had a very stressful two years. We were in a devastating car accident two years ago in January. We're almost at the anniversary. Um, And I had to stay in Oklahoma, take care of my family and take care of myself and really just like recoup. I gained a lot of stress weight. And it was really like, I felt like the universe was testing me. Because they were like, we're going to make you put this shit into practice. Like, we're going to make you, like, really, really face yourself and and see yourself. Um, And that was when I really started working on body neutrality. Like, I am alive. How incredible is that? I get to experience life every day. 
and that's all I need to do. I don't need to love my cellulite. I don't need to love my hip dip. Skin sack. Yes. It's just where you, yeah, it's your, I love the word, it's your vessel. Like, I'm like, oh God, I love that. It's like, talk about powerful. And if you're thinking and you're listening to right now and you're thinking about like, okay, what is the difference that like key examples, I wrote some things down because these are the main ones that stick out to me when I think of body positivity versus body neutrality. Okay. Um, all bikini bodies are beautiful. Um, like, but they're still talking about our bodies, right? Like we're still talking about like the beauty of the woman's body and the object, um, objectifying of the body body positivity. Yeah. Yeah. That's body positivity diet culture, which we'll get into, but I was going to say movie where where, like the plus size girls, like the funny one, but she's there, right? Like she's being body positive, but she's just the funny one, right? Get your body back post pregnancy. Like, wow, she did that so fast. She doesn't even look like she had kids. And then finally, like you look amazing. Like, did you lose weight? Like, wow. Like, looks so good. This reminds me of like body positivity to me seems like we're still putting value in the way that we look. Yeah. No question. It's, it's essentially another way to get validation for the way that you look. And I made a video probably like a year and a half ago where this stunning, gorgeous straight size model was doing a kind of body positive trend where she was showing herself posed and unposed. They looked exactly the same. And it also gave body checking vibes. And if you've had an ED, you raise your hand, girls, because you know what I'm talking about if you're listening. Hi, yeah. Um, it gave body checking. And I also was talking about the phenomenon of curated imperfection, which is kind of what body pos- new wave body positivity kind of like encompasses, um, where people are showing what they know will get engagement and what they know kind of people will like resonate with, but it's not really real. And, but it, but it's a way to come across as more relatable and more attainable. And like, look at me, I'm just like you. Yes, I'm a supermodel, hyper privileged, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I can do a pose and unpose too. Like, look, one of my abs looks a little out of place, you know? So bad. And yeah, it's, it's so bad. Which again, like, listen, I'm a girl's girl. So I love all my bitches. Okay. But it was a perfect example of curated imperfection. And although people were, you know, supposedly empowered by it, it's actually incredibly harmful for thin women to kind of co-opt those trends. Because again, when a fat woman inspires people by loving themselves and accepting themselves and um, all of that, all of that jazz, um, when thin women kind of co-opt body positive adjacent verbiage, et cetera, it can actually be incredibly harmful. Um, because that's not, that's only uplifting a very small percentage of people while kind of pushing real marginalized bodies kind of to the side. So I'm actually learning a lot from this because like, I, like I've been dealing with wanting to be a little bit more real and unposed, I guess. So like, sometimes I will do like a, oh, Hey, like just a reminder, like this isn't real. This is how the lighting actually was. And this is what it actually looked like. Like, I think I've posted Like I've done this before, you know what I mean? So, and I thought it was generally coming from like, I'm being candid. Like I want, I want people to know that it's not always what Instagram looks like. And I think that's kind of like where this podcast, we want to show both sides and like, we do shit our pants. Like we do this weird shit happens. Like, um, so it's like, how do we do this? But still in a way that's not harmful to others, I guess. First of all, amazing question that you're even, you know, asking this. That's like the first step and and means so much. Um, For me, I think it's like not feeling the need to justify your body and like really say anything about it, if that makes sense. Um, At the beginning of the pandemic, I took a break from centering my body in general in my content because whether it was positive or negative, it was just exhausting. And we'll get more into that later. But I think just posting unposed and without any justification, without the need for a long caption is enough. And is is for me, like the people that I follow who I see doing that, it inspires me already. I love to see real people. I love to see uncurated content. And I think for me, it's like feeling, not feeling the need to justify yourself, not needing to say, oh, well, this is it in this lighting and this is it in this lighting. And, you know, they're both beautiful and they're both me and they're taking 15 seconds apart. I think just showing the unposed without justification is such a beautiful and inspiring thing, period. Yeah. I love that. Wow. I I feel like like I'm like. I've done that too. I like we all, I think we all have, right? Like it like happens. We definitely all have. And I have And it's like the intentions weren't there, 
but now we're growing yes. and we're growing with you. And even the, yeah. now I'm like, now since social media is becoming more real and I want to be real on it, like usually the pieces that I would cut out of video is or of like me, like double chinning it when I'm getting on a machine yes. or something, I just keep in there. Yes. Cause I'm like, I don't give a yeah. fuck. I'm like, it's there. Like yeah. it's not, you know what I mean? So it's, it, it, this is a good convo. Like this is very interesting to hear. Guarantee the listeners yeah. are also learning. So yes. we appreciate this. Oh my God. This is so good. <laughs> okay, wait. Have that here. Um, and I think for me too, as women, and I know that you guys can attest to this as well. We have our entire lives felt the need to justify ourselves and our bodies and the way that we look. Think about how many rooms, and I know we've all done this, no matter like how far we've come, but think about how many rooms we've entered. Oh, sorry, I look so shitty today. So sorry, I'm like not put together today. You know, I had a long day yesterday. Oh, I look like shit. Every time Sid enters a Zoom call, I'm like, yep, sorry guys. I'm like a little worn out today because- I show up on my Zoom calls like a wet rat. So listen, we've come a long way. It is what it is. And I'm like, I'm trying to be better about it, but also like people have commented on it. So I, it's almost like I subconsciously comment outward so that someone else doesn't have to comment on it or something like that. Oh, which I fucking hate. I know. It's just like, you're supposed to be on, like, I'm expected to go to workout class, teach a workout class, get to a meeting and then be like looking great. I'm sorry. What? And I'm sorry, but I know that they're not telling like Chadathan and Bradathan that. Yeah. Like I just know that uh, the man who probably hasn't showered in three days is not, you know, getting that similar treatment. That's what's so, so they, people aren't. He's not feeling the need to justify the way that he looks anyway. I want to. So let's stop. I know. Let's stop. Like Especially, I want to. You know what? You work for um, a fitness company. Like they know it's you're probably gonna, up here, you guys. Like yeah. it's probably up in the brain, is what I'm pointing at. Like you know what I mean? It is. And. I, it's systemically ingrained in us. It really is. And I've stopped worrying about like, I used to be like, oh my God, if I can't shower before dinner or like, you know what I mean? Like change before dinner and like be wearing my outfit, like best what outfit. best of it ever. I'm like, yes. oh, like what am I, I'm going to be like not put together like bummer. What a bad night. You know, it's just these weird little like connections. Like oh, it's almost like neurological connections that we've made at one point that we continue going oh, yeah. in this pattern of. And then you think about it, I'm like, what? what man and men deal with body positivity and body neutrality issues all the no time. No question. But it's harmful to everyone. It's harmful to everybody. But I'm like, what are guys really thinking about like what they're wearing to dinner all the time? Like, and like how they're showing up to meetings, like whether my boyfriend together, doesn't like, I know I don't think that Jordan does. I don't want to speak for him, but I'm, I'm just, I would like to think that he doesn't. Um, but just saying, so I don't know. I, and I don't want to go. I'm like, I don't want to forget about this because I want to talk about this so bad diet culture. Yes. Because like, we need to hear it. Like, well, this really ties into diet culture that, you know, women constantly feel the need to justify themselves in all ways. And I was talking to someone the other day about kind of growing up fat, growing up in the early 2000s, you know, not being for me, it was like, all I wanted to be was blonde, blue eyed and thin. It was like, that's all I wanted to be. Cause at the time that was like the look, but obviously even those, you know, girlies are dealing with insecurities because again, no one wins through patriarchy and through diet culture and through all of these, you know, body image issues that we give women through our culture and system. Um, but I was telling someone the other day that I, through probably like 16 through 24, 25, I felt like I had to look sexy all the time because as a plus size woman specifically, people would not treat me like I was human if they were not attracted to me because plus size women specifically are so unbelievably dehumanized. And again, like I'm very privileged. I am a model, you know, I live in a privileged body and I totally know that, but you know, I felt especially like that little eight-year-old girl that I think about, you know, when I was eight and really struggling, couldn't, you know, shop at limited Two, couldn't shop at Hollister, couldn't shop at Amber Crombie. I could not fit my pinky into any of those. Okay. And I prayed to Santa for them to release larger sizes and they never came. Okay. But Santa. I just used to think about how I used to feel like I had to be. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, I was just like, uh-uh, bitch. Uh-uh, Santa. Listen, Santa, um, he fucked us up on that one, but it's okay. <laughs> but you know how I always felt like I just needed to be viewed as sexually appealing or attractive um, because otherwise I would not be treated as human at baseline. That makes me get icky in my stomach because I'm like, ah, like it just, but it, like in my head, I'm like, I can fucking see that. I can see that. And I, yeah. I hate that. I hate that. I can it, even see awful. that society has like caused that. It's horrendous. And, you know, diet culture really 
fed into that because you think about all the beautiful and you know non-systemically beautiful whatever it doesn't fucking matter everyone deserves to be treated with respect and dignity and humanity but you know think about all the magazine covers that we because that's like our social media you know back then we didn't have socials then thank god um but you know we'd walk past a magazine cover of you know Tyra Banks looking like a whale on the beach and, you know, whoever else, Britney Spears having a breakdown. Is she pregnant? Because she literally looks like a normal person. And so I think about, you know, how I used to internalize all of that. I would just feel the need to always look perfect, makeup perfect, outfit perfect, showing my body, looking sexy. And, you know, that all really came from diet culture and how it was so subconsciously ingrained into me that people are not going to care about you. People are not going to like you and people are not even going to treat you like a friend or a human at baseline if you do not appear to be beautiful and attractive to them. And that's really what diet culture taught me is that thinness equates to your value as a human. And so if I couldn't get to my thinnest, good luck. Literally leave you in the dust. That's just... Sickening, And I think two parts to this, as I was going to say, is I feel like we're moving back into this thin as in situation. And for you, who's overcome this, who's come so far and overcome, meaning like you've been able to see the other side. Nobody's ever overcome everything. Right. But just seeing the other side and, and speaking it out, like, what do we do? And especially for the marginalized people, what do we do? Right. Like in this situation to feel better. The number one thing is to call it out when you see it. Because the more we call it out, the more that people will at least be able to be aware and make kind of better judgments. You know, I, we talked about the body checking thing earlier. I have noticed this huge resurgence on TikTok of body checking, kind of very like pro-Anna Tumblr-esque vibes. Um, I don't know if you guys were on Tumblr a lot. I definitely was. Um, And it's so scary for me to witness because I just know that it's going to be so much worse than Tumblr ever could have been because TikTok is so just ever growing um, and everyone is consuming so quickly and internalizing things so quickly on TikTok and maybe not even realizing it. Um, But, you know, body cycles change and body like body image, you know, trends change and they're very cyclical. So I'm not really surprised that along with, you know, the kind of resurgence of Y2K fashion that thin is in is is making its way back. And as we talked about kind of in our pre-call, we've seen a lot of celebrities lose a ton of weight really drastically recently. And that's kind of when I knew like shiver me timbers, y'all. Like I'm a little, little concerned. It's coming, baby. I know it, it, it's, yeah. it is hard even sitting here too. Like now that we're old enough to have seen cycles, like, you know what I mean? Like I think cycle before, I don't think I saw the cycles coming back and now I'm seeing it come back. Like along with the 2000 clothes, here comes the 2000 style and 2000 body. But like yeah. for me, I even put a pact out that I'm like, I'm not wearing low rise jeans, period. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm literally, I don't care if they come <laughs> like, back listen. in. Listen, honey. No, that doesn't, my yeah. butt cracks out the top and my freaking like tummy sits on the top of the pants right there because it sits right there. It's like, I'm not going back to that because I don't feel good in that. And yeah, I guess maybe it's it's a matter of like we get to choose where we go with our styles. Like you don't have to confide to that anymore. Like I think there's also empowerment in that people get to decide if they want to be in that or if they want to just be them. You know what I mean? I love, yeah. I also, yeah. I mean, I kind of, I'm going to take it back a little bit more to the diet culture talk because we were talking about trends in general. And I think mm-hmm. trends with food is also a thing and wellness trends and, you know, like let's do paleo, let's do this. Let's cover up our eating disorder by being a raw vegan. Um, yes. It's like juice. Uh, yeah. Juice, celery oh juice. It'll gosh. help with your... It's like all these little wellness girlies with their little like cute little vlogs and perfect morning routines yeah. and it's it's so hard to like kind of decipher. Oh, no question. And what I've noticed is that and I know you guys have too, it's the gut health people. The gut health people are diet culture repackaged and being resold to us yet again. And it is I don't know if you guys follow Abby Sharp. She's an amazing dietitian on YouTube who I absolutely love. She debunks a lot of these like gut health, you know, and diet culture infused trends. She's amazing. But that is what I've noticed. Just it runs rampant, especially on um, TikTok. And again, it's people seeking approval and justification with the way that their body looks through diet culture. And again, diet culture has fed us, you know, not to fed us, but um, has fed us to believe 
that we, in order to be worthy, have to be thin, right? And that's something that's very subconsciously ingrained in us. You know, I think about women who, you know, there's two sides of the spectrum, like in regards to dating and whatever, you know, you go out on a date. I remember people would talk about like, I always order a salad. Like when I go on dates, I always order a salad, you know, or guys talking shit about women who don't, you know, I, she ordered this huge, you know, thing of food, blah, 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 and ate like a normal person. Okay. But, you know, I think, <laughs> it's like, okay. like, why is there so much commentary about it in the first place? Yeah. Chad, but, you know, diet culture really steeps into everything and makes women specifically, and it's harmful to men as well, um, but makes women specifically feel like they have to justify A, what they're eating, B, justify their body in every way. You know, for me, I grew up eating those packs of Oreo Thins and, you know, I've had disordered eating since I was little. I honestly don't, and this is sad, but I really don't remember eating without feeling any consequence ever in my life. Um, and exercising as well. I did not have a healthy relationship with exercise probably until I was like 23. Um, and able to enjoy exercise and do it for, you know, the health of my body. For me now, I like walk and do yoga for my mental health. Um, it's better than therapy for me. I do both, but you know, it's, it's great. (laughs) But you know, for a long time, whether I was honest with myself or not, exercise and food was all about trying to be thin. And I was either binging and trying to not, you know, hear those voices in my head about me gaining weight or XYZ from eating this, or I was um, restricting myself and just kind of pretending that, you know, this is just what I was doing now, you know, and it wasn't a big deal. With where are you sitting with right now? How do you, cause I'm, I'm talking to people that were, are like you right now, like back then, right? That they're going through it. They're doing the thing where you go to the fridge and you're like, you know what? Actually, can, I can have this cookie because I eat celery for breakfast and lunch. You know what I mean? Uh, and like all these patterns. Like that was you. That was us. That was a lot of people that are yeah. listening or still are. Like, where is your mindset right now? Because I just want like you to speak directly to them. There's hope. Like, There's hope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no question. There is so much hope. Listen, um, number one, there is no food that is bad. And I think putting so much weight on food being, you know, having morality is the number one thing that you have to toss aside. There is no food that is good or bad. It is all just nourishment. You know, if you want to have some ice cream, have some ice cream. Because where we get into kind of a binge and restrict habit is when we start putting way too much emphasis on how much ice cream we have. Should I have the ice cream? Should I not have the ice cream? Then I ate the whole pint. Then I ate three pints. And you just have to, you know, again, back to body neutrality, Food is neutral. It's not good or bad. And, and so once you kind of understand that, go ahead. I was going to say, and this isn't even just coming from you. Like I follow dietitians and watch yes. dietitians that are also in line with this. Like this isn't just, oh, like one person. This is this is true because it helps you find that balance. And like I, I've come a long way with that too. Um, there's definitely different ways to go about it. But like um, I totally agree. And I think the gut health thing is where – this is going wrong because people are eating for good gut health and oh, that processed food is going to be really bad for your microbiome. And so then you cut out all these processed foods and are eating certain foods and you have that internal feeling of restriction and then boom, you go back to binging. So it's like, it's covered up in so many ways. And I think the gut health flag was a huge deal, but sorry, continue. I wanted to add that. No, I, well, I was just going to say, especially people who have gut health issues like myself, like a lot of people, it's like, when I'm telling somebody, no, I eat like a lot of like whole foods and they're like, oh, so like just veggies. I'm like, no, I had a burger last night. I made a burger no. on a greasy ass stove on, and I got the hundred percent fat meat like and sauced yep. it up and Period. had bread. But I can do that because yep. it was a whole like nice food and I can have the burger and I can make the fries or I can go get the fries as long as it's different patterns. Yeah. Right. Like if I'm eating bad all the time, yeah, I'm going to feel like crap bad, though, meaning yep. like stuff that isn't nourishing me food that may be at different awkward times, food where I'm binging, where I'm eating way too much or I waited and then I'm eating just a little. It's a pattern. There's like a different meaning of bad and good versus like what I think we're told right now. And as someone who also has very real gut health and stomach issues, um, I can attest to that as well. For me, there was like so much, again, as someone who's had an eating disorder pretty much my whole life, um, it kind of creeps back in a little bit. And for me, at the beginning of the pandemic, it definitely crept back in for me. Um, I kind of was like unprepared for that. But, you know, 
there is no food that is good or bad, even for someone who has like gut health problems. And I'm the same, like I eat a lot of very healthy whole foods, like, but my diet is so balanced now. It's like, if I want to have, you know, as you said, the burger, you know, if I want to run into in and out after I've had, you know, a couple of bevies, okay. A couple of adult bevies, um, you know, I can, and the world will not end. But for me, there's still a little voice in my head. That's like, Oh, you shouldn't have ate that. You shouldn't have ate that. Like, this is going to do X, Y, Z, D, U, whatever. But there's so much food fear, especially for someone who has serious gut health issues. I had, like, a health episode probably, I think, like, in 2017, 2018. No clue what it was. I couldn't keep any food down. It was a whole situation. No one could figure out what the issue was. Um, but... I went gluten-free, I went dairy-free, I went egg-free, I stopped eating everything that I could possibly had a sensitivity to, nothing got better. And not only that, but another thing that I, is very interesting to me, and that's why I know the gut, the gut health girlies are so diet culture fueled, and it really is just another way to kind of move you to thinness and move you to disordered eating. Number one, a lot of what they talk about is not science or data-based, because if you know anything about gut health, we actually don't know that much about the gut microbiome. We know that it's incredibly important. We know that it has the brain-gut connection, but we really don't know that much about it. And once I really started figuring out and, and learning about the science behind gut health, I was like, I have been bamboozled once more. <laughs> like, no. I have been taking probiotics and all these other things to do this X, Y, and Z. And it is all, you know, not science-backed. And I was a little mad. But it's just that's how diet culture wraps itself in a new wrapping paper and, you know, sells yourself back to yourself, essentially. That's what I always kind of talk about diet culture as. It's like they will put something in a new bow and sell yourself back to yourself. They're like, oh, you want to have self-love? We're going to, you know, do this, that, and the other and basically essentially sell it back to you. Now you can have it again. God, you went, yeah. oh, the parallels of the gut health stuff that you talk about too is scary. Like I had like full on, like in the hospital, like, um, colonoscopies, oh. like all the things yes. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I had so much pain in my insides. They said, yep. Dairy free, gluten free, all the things I cut all the foods out. I also lost a crap ton of weight and yeah. I was still having the extreme acidity pain and puking nonstop because even more when I cut things out. Turns out, yeah, I'm a little yeah. lactose. Sure, like I can't have every cheese in the world, but guess what? I start yeah, every morning same. with a yogurt, and then I yes. eat another thing, and then I have a piece of bread. So, honey, yeah, like I'm like it. We don't even know where we're at, and I think we're coming a long way. The point of the matter, and all of this is, is we still got a long ways to go. And when you're doing the things, and you're eating the food, and you're doing all the things, have a quick check, I should say, of your mindset, right? And like, what are you thinking about? And also, if you have a good mindset about eating something your body will even digest it better. Oh, like yeah. when you're yeah. calm and you don't have all that food guilt, when you eat something, your body literally will digest the food better. So yep. yes. fun fact. Fire. No question. And I highly recommend too, for me, what was a game changer was going to see a eating disorder and body image informed therapist. So when I really started getting like deep into therapy, um, that was so incredibly helpful because they're able to help you kind of work on a lot of these internalized issues that you may not be able to kind of like pinpoint yourself. So if people have access, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you do that. Because again, like there is no um, kind of substitute for real professional help. You know, obviously following people on social media is incredible. TikTok is incredible. Podcasts are incredible. But it is so important to see a professional. There is no um, substitute for that. And you will feel so much better. I love all of this and I'm like I think we could talk for like seven hours yeah like, we probably like, holy crap um oh, we need to do like a full day live stream like grab a snack Friday I know everybody everybody get ready we're gonna have a movie um but before yes. we do our strike in a moment I wanted to ask you this because I think this is a good thing where are you going now like we've talked about where you've been like where are you headed honey Give us the tea. So I think I'm going to start print modeling again. So I took a break. I told you guys I had pretty much taken a break from the industry for probably like five or six years. I hung up my hat. I was exhausted with people telling me what to do. <laughs> and just also like having everything center my body so much. And I've gone through this healing journey of, you know, again, like radical body neutrality and self-acceptance where I feel comfortable dipping my toe back in so hopefully you guys will see me on billboards again commercials again beauty campaigns at your local sephora and ulta we're manifesting it right now everyone sprinkle a little manifestation sprinkle, okay, sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. as we speak that's yeah yes queens 
that is what's happening. But yeah, honestly, just talking more about myself, no, but about beauty science and body positivity and body neutrality and self-love and body acceptance and really just continuing to soar as myself. That is the vibe. Wow. You're freaking amazing. Yeah. I learned so much. I Not only did I learn so much, but I also like feel... I feel empowered. I do too. I feel, I love, I love this. And I also yes. feel very informed and that's too. that's why I really want, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel informed of like where I needed to go. Like I was in this like kind of like standstill of like, I don't know exactly what body positivity is anymore and what body yeah. neutrality is. I was sitting in the middle of like, which one is it? You know? So this, I feel like I'm so aware of this now. Absolutely. And I think this is the conversation that like everyone needs to have. And I appreciate you guys being so receptive and so kind because it really is empowering to everyone. And it really is incredibly helpful to everyone to have these conversations. I feel like a lot of times people are kind of scared to even bring it up and even broach it. And I think when we, the more times that we can have these conversations with openness and kindness and empathy to each other, the better, because we're all going through the same thing. You know, like even though we not, we may not be in a marginalized body, you know, as women, we all struggle with insecurities. We all struggle with issues. And, you know, it's okay to see differences in other people and what they're going through. And it doesn't need to be an attack. We don't need to be squabbling. You know, it's okay for us to be able to take a step back and be like, this person deserves, you know, the spotlight. And I want to uplift marginalized bodies, but also still talk about my personal issues, insecurities, et cetera, in my own space. So, And being aware of this will help us support other women and women supporting women and and yeah, no I mean, I, I guess men supporting men, yes. like this. Yes. Yeah. Learn so much. Everyone benefits, Everybody including does. men. Okay. So we do a little, we're going to, before we completely end this conversation, we have to yes. add a listener straight can of moments. This is where we, our listeners write in something embarrassing, something candid that happened. And so I'm just going to quick read it and we'll get our reactions and then we can wrap it up. Okay. I'm excited. So a listener wrote in and said, my fiance and I recently just moved. So my dad and brother volunteered to help. We were moving the dresser and I completely forgot. I put my sexy lingerie and gag gift for my fiance in the top drawer while trying to get a better grip on the dresser to lift it. My dad accidentally opened the drawer and right there clear as day is the lingerie and gag gift for both my brother and dad to see. Let's just say the lingerie was not something you want to imagine on your daughter's sister. And the gag gift was a pile of a white washcloths that said, come rag in massive letters on it to make it worse my brother sees the lingerie and proceeds to ask what kinky sex shit is this we all died laughing except my dad whose face turned bright red from embarrassment Aww. just thankful our box full of sex goodies wasn't in there too by the way i love you guys so much and all the conversations you offer i'm 32 but there's still so much i relate to and i've learned so much about myself from listening to your podcast oh my yeah. god the cum rag. <laughs> the cum rag. Just imagine. I feel like we've all been there, though. <laughs> we like, kind of have. I, at least, unfortunately for me, I have been there, and it is awkward. Okay? Uncomfy. Sometimes Wait, parents be rubbing around share? the shit they should not. I'm like, listen, that's on you. Wait, what happened? Share, girl. Oh, my God. Oh my God Straight can moment from Dana. I think I was in one of my, like, first apartments ever, and my dad, like, came through looking for something and, like, found my vibrator. He, like, didn't say anything, but the drawer was open. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to, like, you. literally pass away, evaporate into the sky. But, like, listen, you know, I got on this planet somehow, and it wasn't through a stork or through the Lord and Savior Jesus, okay? Like, That's amen. I, I appear here. <laughs> just saying. Like, I don't want to know about it, but, like, I know, you know, I know, and it just is what it is, you know? And no one so, said a word. And from there, we move forward. Well, Dana, thank you so much for being vulnerable, open, sharing your vibrating story, and sharing all your knowledge on this entire topic today. You're amazing. I appreciate you guys so much. This was seriously such a treat. We need to do it again. I would love to. This is one of my favorite. Like, I loved this conversation so much. Me too. I'm going to re-listen to it three times, and I never listen to the podcast because I hate hearing my own voice, but I will do it for you. And if I'll do it for you, people out there, you're learning, you're listening, like allow that like buffer to learn, allow that buffer to like, let it settle in, let it think over, let it think through, be open, be admitting to maybe not mistakes that you've made in the past, but things that you've done that have kind of fallen under the wrong category than rather than what you intended. So like, let's just all be candid, honey. Yeah, Dana. Yes, be candid, be kind. You're candid queen. You're candid queen. Another Teffy Reco check and literally amazing. Yes. Our queen. You're so good. If you're listening, we love you. We love you, Taffy. Um, 
Dana, why don't you plug yourself a little bit so people can find you? Oh my gosh, yes. Come follow me on Instagram at Dana Isabella with three A's at the end. And I can't change the name, so that is what it is. <laughs> um, same with TikTok, except for four A's. Oh, and I'm also on Pinterest. I like am a Pinterest girly. Oh. Come follow all of my mood boards. And I'm also getting back on YouTube under Dana Patterson. So come follow me on all things. We talk literally about everything: hair care, skincare, fashion, mid-sized things, um, body positivity, body neutrality, eating disorder recovery, literally whatever. So come hang out with me. I promise you, I am fun and I am unhinged on my stories. We love so, an unhinged girl. We can tell you're unhinged. It's like close and friends, fun. but not close friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're like you're in no matter what. <laughs> yes. honey. Um, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, Dana. We love you. We respect you. You're a queen. Um, at Street Canada Podcast is our handle. Find us all across, you know, your platforms. The platforms. At Candid Soph. At Candid Sid. And at Ben Sarbacher. Hey yo. We love you guys. Bye. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, amazing. Good job. I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. That was really amazing. I, I can't even believe that an hour has gone by. I was like, oh my right? God, we're done. I was like, I have so much more to say. I, <laughs> I wanted to bring it back up. Why do we don't want to do another one? I have so many more. Let's just plan on doing another one yeah. in the new year. And we'll, we'll just talk about everything again.